Attention, all troops. He's alive. Alive. Welcome to the Rapnolis. As I have mentioned on the show before, I was involved in high school athletics. And what I haven't mentioned is that I really liked my coach. He was a very likable guy, and he had a great sense of humor. He also started calling me something that at the time I didn't think was so great, but in retrospect, I sort of respect that he did. We had this corner store on the way to school, sort of near my house, and I've mentioned it before. It was the place that that person lit me on fire. I would spend a lot of time there throughout my youth. I had to walk past there to get to elementary school and to get to high school. As I would walk by it, the siren call of video games would call me in, and they were always rotating games in, sometimes having the newest stuff, sometimes having some classics. So on one occasion, before school started, I popped in with my 50 cents and decided to play Galaga, and I was doing really well. Suddenly I hear, hey, you don't have school today? And I'm shooting, and I kind of look to my left, and it's my coach. And I go, yeah, I got school today, of course. He goes, really? Well, it starts in five minutes. Now, school was at least another mile walk away. I didn't live that close to the high school. And I was stunned. I didn't realize. So I grabbed my book bag and started to run out the door. He said, well, I know you like to run. He was my track coach. He goes, but you're never going to make it there in five minutes. How about I give you a lift? So I said, sure. Hopped in his van. We started driving there, and he said, you know, I come in to that store every day and buy the paper, and I see you playing those games almost every day. I said, well, I love those games. He said, I've never met a bigger geek than you. Now, despite my demeanor, I had heard things like dork, nerd, dweeb, but nobody had ever called me a geek at that point. So I said, why are you calling me that? He goes, well, isn't that what you call people who are really into games like that? I said, I don't know. He said, I think it is. Well... I thought it was still pretty negative, he thought it was very hilarious, and he continued to call me that for the entire time I would run with him in high school, which was four years. In retrospect, it was a proper name to call me, because it is a pretty accurate descriptor of me back then and probably still now. I, of course, didn't love it at the time, because everybody else who picked up on it only picked up on the negative of it. But now I feel a certain amount of pride, and I've occasionally stumbled upon lists and other material from school that instead of having my name on it, just simply said, geek, that makes me laugh now, because it's become such a buzzword and such an important part of culture. And I have to say, my high school coach was on the cutting edge of geek culture, because I don't think he meant the label as negative, he just meant it as what it was, what he believed it to be, and probably what it was supposed to be at the time. On today's show, we're going to talk about one of the games that I would return to time and again at the various places I could play it throughout my town, Galaga. We'll talk about its predecessor and successor, the characters in the game, how to play it, the scoring system, some of the ports, and we'll throw in a few surprises here and there. We have an info-packed episode ahead of us, so without further ado, let's start the show.
Galaga is a fixed shooter, meaning you move across the board at the bottom in the same way you play Space Invaders. It was published in Japan by Namco and by Midway in North America in 1981. It is a sequel to another game called Galaxian, which was released in 1979. In this game, just like in Galaxian, you are in charge of a spaceship, and instead of like in Space Invaders, where the play screen appears and you see all these aliens above you, the aliens in Galaga fly in from the side, so you can actually shoot at them as they come in and then try to take them out. So it is a little faster paced and a nice twist on what Space Invaders was offering at the time. Once all your enemies have been destroyed, you move on to the next stage. One of the cool things about Galaga is that it had bonus stages. So you'd clear levels and then have these bonus levels that existed solely to give you more points and had unique challenges all their own. Another very cool innovation in Galaga was the ability to have one of your ships captured in the game. And so the spaceship would come down and a beam shoots out and it grabs your ship and takes it up to the top and you could see it above the enemy as it carries your ship around. Now, you start over with your next guy if you have them. If you don't, your game's over if you get captured at that point. And it's very difficult once you've played the game to make that mistake. But when you do make that mistake, you feel really, really stupid. So if you're captured and you have other guys remaining and you shoot that particular enemy who's captured your ship, you get two ships. And both of those ships can fire, so you get double the firepower. Which, if you played Space Invaders and got frustrated with the rate of fire... This was a complete breath of fresh air, and having those two ships was awesome on the bonus round, especially if you got a good pace going and can blast away. The Retroist Podcast will return after these messages. Now where you been? You make the day roll on by. Black and bones out of the sky. Well, you know deep down that it's gonna be a hummer. But nobody's hotter than a hummer this summer. Nobody's hotter than a hummer this summer. This summer, the really hot video games come from Atari. We've got Centipede, Ms. Pac-Man, Vanguard, and Galaxian. If you thought it was going to be just another summer, Atari is going to turn your head around. And now back to the Retroist Podcast. What you'll see on the screen is your ship at the bottom. If you look upward, the bottom row of the Galaga army are the bees. Two rows above the bees are the butterflies. And above that are the boss Galagas. Those guys take two shots to kill. And they are the ones who can also grab your ship and take it up. There's also these transformations that happen in the game. And they start after stage four. A bee or a butterfly can turn into a set of three enemies. Unlike the bees, these ones will dive down towards you, firing, and then will exit, never to be seen again. But if you can destroy them before they exit, big bonus points. During the bonus stages, you will see all this and more. Scoring in Galaga is pretty simple, although there are lots of different things you could kill. So the list is pretty big, but I'll say this. 
If you shoot something, say a bee, it's worth 50 points. If you shoot it while it's coming towards you, it's worth 100 points. So to really max out your score, you want to get things while they're in motion. And of course, try to maximize your points during the challenge stages. Now with a little bit more information about the hardware that helped to run Galaga is Rob Flack O'Hara with another Talking Tech. Hello, this is Rob Flack O'Hara with another installment of Talking Tech. The hardware behind Galaga is known as Namco's 8-bit Galaga board. The Galaga board by Namco uses three different Z80 chips for the main CPU, sound, and graphics. The video resolution is 288 by 224 pixels, and Galaga's audio is provided by a three-voice audio chip, the same chip that was used in Namco's Pac-Man. Other games that can run on the same hardware include Bosconian, Dig Dug, Xevious, and Super Xevious. Galaga boards contain two sets of eight dip switches that allow arcade operators the ability to control the difficulty of the game, how many ships players started with, and how many points it took to be awarded an additional free man. Namco's 8-bit Galaga board was fairly robust, as evidenced by the number of original Galaga machines that are still in use today. Thanks, Rob. Today's show is brought to you by your local savings and loan. Need some quarters to play Galaga? Why not drop by your local savings and loan? Your money works for you. Interest rates pay to you. Better all go get her on. Savings and loan. Uh, would you try another note? Savings and loan. Love that savings and loan. In addition to having crisp, sharp, beautiful graphics, Galaga also has some very good sound design. Now with a little bit more info about the man behind the sounds is Vic Sage with another Why Should I Know This Person. Hi friends, Vic Sage here with Why Should I Know This Person? And for this episode, we are shining the spotlight on Nobuyuki Onoki. Nobuyuki was born in Shizuoka, Japan on January 27, 1956. In 1981, at the age of 21, he began working at Namco as an audio composer and sound programmer. Nobuyuki worked on such arcade titles as New Rally X, Warp and Warp, Galaga, Bosconian, Pole Position, Xevious, Libble Rabble, Mappy, and Pole Position 2. Nobuyuki would also work on the Nintendo Entertainment System ports of Pac-Man, Xevious, Mappy, and Galaga, Demons of Death. In 1985, he resigned from Namco and founded his own company called Skitron and Art. There, Nobuyuki would work on arcade titles, Metro Cross, and Hopping Mappy, the sequel to 1983's Mappy. He would also work on the NES titles, The Tower of Druaga, The Metro Cross port, Wizardry, Proving Grounds of the Mad Overlord, Wizardry 2, and Wizardry, Knight of Diamonds, to name just a few. Nobuyuki is retired and no longer a composer, but throughout his career he had a few aliases. He was known as Yuhoi Hoi Onogi, Yuho Onogi, and Yuho-san. This has been Vic Sage with Why Should I Know This Person, signing off until next time. Oh.
Thanks, Vic. If you're playing the game in the arcade, you will get a kill screen if you pass stage 255. What kind of kill screen you get depends on the difficulty level of the machine you're playing. If you're playing easy, the game resets. If you're playing medium, this new stage zero plays as a cross between the second challenge stage and a regular level, very odd. And if you're playing on hard, the word stage zero stays on the screen, but no enemies appear. On the hardest skill difficulty, stage zero plays like stage one, but it is just as difficult as the last stage, stage 255. If you're playing this on a port, and we're just about to talk about ports of the game, on the NES version, after you hit stage 200, it won't show medals for the stages anymore, and instead reverts to a counter that will continue to show levels all the way up to 999. On the Xbox Live Arcade version, the last level is level 255, and after you've played it, you return to level 1, and everything repeats itself again and again. This game was ported to many systems. One of the first ports that I remember playing was on the Atari 7800, but it has been released on the Game Boy NES, the TRS-80, and just about every modern console that has come out since the NES, including the current generation of systems, up to the Wii, PlayStation 3, and Xbox 360. When I started looking online at Galaga, I started looking at videos on YouTube. You can find a couple of hacks for Galaga, some that change the characters into beer bottles, others that make them look like centipede, and yet another that makes the game just look a lot better. And if you do a search on Galaga hacks, you'll find them kind of entertaining. So Galaga was a sequel to Galaxian. There was also a Galaga 3, which came out in 1984. It was originally called Gapless. Later, a modification kit would come out that changed the title screen to Galaga 3. I only recently got to play this, and I did not find it to be a tremendous jump from Galaga. I think Galaga is where things top out. There have also been some more modern Galagas released in 1987. Galaga 88 was released, which I always thought was odd that it's not Galaga 87. In 2008, Galaga Legions came out, and in 2011, Galaga 3D Impact. And all this time, Galaga has been released on phones, and just about anywhere they can put Galaga, they put Galaga. And they should, because it is a great game. If you are a fan of the movies, Galaga has appeared in at least two movies that you might have seen, if you're into comic books or computers. In 1982, Galaga would appear in the Matthew Broderick movie War Games. In fact, MGM sent Matthew Broderick a Galaga machine for him to practice on before the movie was shot, and he practiced for two months, so he would look good playing it on screen. In 2012, the Avengers hit theaters, and there is a small part in the film where Tony Stark sees a guy playing Galaga when he should be working. Now, I'm a big Galaga fan, but I have never seen anybody sneak playing Galaga at work. It felt like a very unusual choice. I mean, I'm glad they made it, but it did feel very unusual. But maybe it was about the foreshadowing of what was about to happen in the film. And if you haven't seen it, I don't want to spoil it. But it is a funny line, and I saw it in the theater several times, and every time it got a big laugh. The Retroist Podcast will return after these messages. Dear Atari Anonymous... 
Ever since my husband Luno returned from Earth with asteroids, the new Atari home video game, he and the rest of the family do nothing but play asteroids. Luno says asteroids is good practice for his interplanetary flights. Tell me, dear Atari Anonymous, with everybody hooked on asteroids, what on Earth is a poor Martian mother to do? New Atari Asteroids, now available for your home. Let's start! When you stop, get a hand. Your friend, man, give me five, the fun shooting in. Shoot your marbles in for a score. Shoot the black one in and score five more. You can watch them mount, and then you count. The most marbles in is the one that wins. You five. Ah, 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 ah. Give me five. Give me five. New from Shopper. Some assembly required. And now back to the Retroist Podcast. When it comes to fixed shooters, when I do play them, I often pick Galaga, just because I enjoy it a whole lot and have a history with it. Of course, if there's an original Space Invaders, I will often go over and try that out just for the beauty of that machine. If you have never played Galaga, you're in for a real treat. It really does take the concept of Space Invaders and makes it much more enjoyable. It doesn't feel ponderous, which I often find Space Invaders can sometimes be. So this weekend, if you have the opportunity to go to an arcade or a place that has video games, you're in luck because often one of the games they will have will be Galaga or maybe a Miss Pac-Man Galaga combination game. If you cannot get that, you can always pick it up on one of the modern consoles or check out MAME if you're technically inclined. You will not regret it. In fact, you will probably lose many hours enjoying this wonderful game. And if you're like me, you will not regret that at all. A cricket in a thicket said to a butterfly Thanks for listening to the show. For more retro fun, you can drop by the website at www.retroist.com. You can follow me on Facebook and Twitter. I'm at facebook.com slash retroist.com and twitter.com slash retroist. The music you hear on the show is by Peachy. If you have musical needs, you can email Peachy at peachy at retroist.com. Thanks to Rob Flack O'Hara for another great talking tech. If you like Rob's work, you can find him on The Retroist every week. You can also check out his website, robohara.com, where he has posted some of his own great podcasts. Thanks to Vic Sage for another great Why Should I Know This Person. You can find Vic on the Retroist website every day. If you have feedback for Vic, you can email him at vicsage at retroist.com. Thanks for listening to the show, and I hope you have a great weekend. And it got this reply, and it got this reply. For ladybugs and crickets, for bees and butterflies. For every adult insect, this little rule applies. This little rule applies. All insects have antennae and special kinds of eyes. Their bodies all have three parts, regardless of their size. Regardless of their size. Just then they spied a spider beside the butterfly. That spider's not an insect. They heard the cricket cry. They heard the cricket cry. The spider's not six-legged. 
as anyone can see. And it has no antennae. It's not like you and me. It's not like you and me. Farewell, my little cricket. So long, sweet butterfly. We've had a lovely meeting. Farewell, so long, goodbye. Farewell, so long, goodbye. And then she too starts calling you that. And of course that leads to your sisters calling you that. And it is a slippery, slippery slope. Thanks, coach. This has been a Rush Whisper production. Goodbye.